The call and the response. The call and the response. You know, call and response is, is one of the great rhetorical ways of, of communicating with people to get them involved as, as, as they do. So it's used in poetry, it's used in, well, certainly used in music, it's used in, in liturgy when the, when the old pastor says, do I hear an amen? And then they get a little bit of response. Uh, Cab Calloway used it very, very well during the, uh, uh, when, when he sang Minnie the Moocher. He went, we'll see how, how old you are. Heidi, 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 hi. You're really old. <laughs> Call and response. Uh, the Lord be with you. Call and response. Now the call's gone out. The question for us today is what is our response? How do we respond? Today Jesus is going to give a call because he's looking at the sheep. You know, of course, one of the great metaphors that he constantly uses is that of sheep and shepherd. And, and the sheep are they're going in, in, in sixes and sevens and all kinds of different directions. They are they are utterly uncontrolled and so he's he's gonna look for a shepherd they were like sheep without a shepherd when I was in in Ireland I was just amazed when I saw a young shepherd boy and the sheep were literally all over the place he whistled and his border collie literally gathered them all together and then they followed him the young man into the barn because they knew his whistle they knew his voice and so Jesus is making a call, and he, he then changes the metaphor from sheep and shepherd to vineyard and, and vine workers. He says, look at the world, the whole world. Uh, the, the, the harvest is, is magnificent, but the laborers are not enough yet. The laborers are few. So beg the harvest master to send out laborers to the vineyard. Now, now this... This sounds like a very specific call, and, and for Jesus right now today, it is a very specific call. It's a call within a call. Uh, if, if, the, if, the vine, if, if the world is the vineyard and the grapes are not tended to, they will rot on the vine. They will be like the shepherd, sheep going their own way if they are taken care of, and that's the great call. That's the universal call. Oh, then there's real wonderful hope for the future. And so today, we want to hear the call, not just the individual call. We hear the call of the disciples. We hear the call, well, the Latin word, voco vocare, means to call. And of course, the moment that we hear the word voco, we hear the word vocare, we think of the word vocation. But I think our vocation, the vocation of the disciples, is basically a call within a call. I'm a priest today because I've received a call. I, I have a calling. Uh, when I was, uh, every once in a while when I would give parish missions and I'd try to use a little bit of humor, people would say after, oh father you really missed your calling. I said no, no, I missed a lot of things. I did not miss my calling. When I was a young man, I used to sell door to door uh, uh, products made by the blind. I made a whole lot of money that summer. I get a lot of mileage on my mouth. <laughs> At the end of the summer, this is this was the this is the crooks of my vocation. 
At the end of the summer, I said, is that it? I began to ask that existential question. That's the question each and every one of us is, is called to answer. What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with this one precious life that's been given to you? What is the, the meaning of it? What is your, your purpose in life? It was then that I found myself listening to that vocation within the vocation. I'm sure all of the vowed religious in our community today have a story not unlike mine. Sister Glenna, a couple of months ago, was sharing with me her vocation story and, and how, how she fought it and how she heard it. And when she finally listened to the voice, responded. The name of the game is the response. And all of us are, have a vocation within our vocation, whether we are called to the single life, which is a vocation, the married life, which is a vocation, Fatherhood, which is a vocation within the vocation, there is one more calling. And even though Jesus is doing a specific calling today, it sets up for the great calling. What is that? What's the universal call? The universal call is to lekayim, is to life is of the fullness of life, but not just the fullness of life as an individual, the fullness of life as the community of humankind. That's the great call. And if we miss that call, we miss a great deal. And, 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 and we can only begin to, to hear that call insofar as we listen. You know, Jesus had a call to his disciples to go to the lost house of the tribe of Israel. Uh, don't go any further than that. Don't go to pagan territory. Don't go to Samaritan visions. He had a small vision. It took some time for Jesus to have his vision getting bigger. The Syrophoenician woman really helped him increase his vision because he found faith in her that he didn't find in someone else. She responded to a call that was deep inside of her. Uh, Moses is called by God to go to the 12 tribes of Israel. That's a small call. That's a, a small, small call. There's a greater call. There is a bigger call. There is a universal call. And the universal call, St. Paul tells us, is that lo and behold, he heard something that I'm not even quite sure Jesus heard all the way through. And what Paul heard was that, well, that the message, the life, the dying, the rising, wasn't just for this little group. It was for all of humankind. And so we call him the apostle to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles is a code word for everybody. Everybody, nobody is excluded from that great call. The question is, can we hear it? Can we hear it? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we are capable of hearing it. We are so caught in our identity politics, our identity religions, our identity denominations. I'm not quite sure if we can transcend and hear the great call, the universal call to all of the world to what? To what? To come together. To be one. 
how do we go from here? The old models are crumbling before our eyes. A new model needs to be embraced, encouraged, discovered. There is one among us who sees the possibility of that new model. His name is, is Francis. And, and Francis is saying the only way we're going to come into a new way of doing church, being church, no, much more than that, doing human, being human, is through what he calls synodality. Synodality simply means to look at the situation in which we are living, to see where we are, then come together and to listen to each other, to cooperate with each other beyond our race, beyond our economic status, beyond our political uh, leanings, beyond all those different things. The difficulty is we're not listening. He's given the call. We're not listening. We're not hearing. I'm told, and I, I can't confirm it, I know the, uh, the apostolic delegate, the ambassador from the Vatican, spoke to the bishops who are meeting this last week about the synod, only to discover that the synod isn't on their agenda this time. We're not hearing. We're not listening. And if we do that, we're going to go into our own little worlds and our own little tribes. And of course, the deal of the devil is always to divide and to conquer, to show us that we are better than the other group, and yet we are called to transcend the groups. The great mega philosopher who's all the rage these days, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, wrote a book a number of years ago called Sapiens. And Sapiens answers the big question, why am I here? How, how did we make it? Now, the, one of the questions he asks is, how in the world did the Homo sapiens make it when the Neanderthals didn't make it? But certainly they weren't more powerful than the lions. Uh, certainly they weren't more agile than the chimpanzees. How did they make it? He said what they had the capacity to do was to work together in large numbers, in large numbers. And, and, be, and if, if you had enough people working together, they can take down that tiger, they can take down that lion, they can take down whatever they needed to do. But he said uh, the difficulty was is when we became tribal, the, the numbers weren't large enough. And so what they had to do was invent stories. And these were stories, well, first at first tribal stories about how our tribe is better than their tribe. That's the Israelite stories. You are a chosen people. You are the royal race. You are better than the other people. That's where we begin. We cannot end there. We cannot end there. If we end there, we will end in destruction because we are no longer a tribal world. We are a global village. And if we cannot transcend, then we're not going to make it. But we've got a story. We've got the best narrative. 
We've got the greatest story ever told. It is a story that if you are willing to lay down your life for your sister or your brother, that you will become one with them and they will become one with you. When you are able to do namaste, when you're able to bow before the divine in them, they can bow before the divine in you. If you believe that story, then you begin to work together. And the first step in working together is learning to listen to each other. We are now getting a universal call. It's not a specific call. It's a universal call. There is no way that we are going to solve the global problems we face right now with a tribal mindset. It's not going to happen. And so what Francis is trying to do is urge us into the new millennium, and we will only do this insofar as we are capable of listening to each other, of hearing each other, of having compasio for each other. So the question is, what's your, what's your vocation within your vocation? What's your gift? What do you do well? If we ask that great question, why am I here? The answer is always going to come back because you've got a destiny. You've got a job to do. You are placed on this earth, and we exist unbelievably when you consider the odds of us not existing. The fact that we are here, one in a jillion, that we've got some work to do. We've got to be part of this great solution. We've got to hear the call, but not just hear it. We've got to respond. And a response always has to be one of humility, a response of listening, a response of then saying, you called? I'd soon. I'm here. You called? Show me what to do. I'll do it. What's your one thing? Your call within a call. What's your great gift? When we are able to do that, then the kingdom comes. We continue to pray for the coming of the kingdom. It will not come until we are willing to go beyond where we are right now. The call has been given to us. The response as a community we are called to make together. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh Lord, you never cease calling, and today you are calling us in a very special way as we prepare for the third millennium. You are calling us to listen to each other, to transcend our differences, to know that the, in the dying and the rising of the Christ is the dying and the rising in each and every one of us, to let go of that which we cling to so that we can become one as you are one with all of your creation. These are things that we do in response to your call. You have given us a clarion call as to who we are and what we are about to do. And so we pray this in the name of the one you sent to show us the way who is the way. His name is Jesus. We follow him. We follow his call to universal holiness. And the people said, Amen.